again, folks, and welcome to another summer edition of the CIAC cast. We are very thrilled to have you with us along for the episode today. Once again, I am Joel Cookson, your regular host for this little podcast, episode 18 of the CIAC cast. And this one, we're going to be calling our year in review episode. We've been doing a lot of looking back on the past school year, particularly the spring championship seasons over the past few weeks of the past few editions of the CIAC cast. But this one, we will be having nearly the most guests we've had in one CIAC cast as we have Dave Rudin joining us. We have Mary Albel joining us. We have Ken Lipsch's Joe Morelli and Mark Allard all with us as well as Kyle Brennan. So a whole host of folks. We're going to be bouncing around the state, talking to folks, talking to them about some of the most memorable moments and stories for them covering high school sports over the past year. So it should be a lot of fun to relive the 2012-13 academic year and a great, great season of CIAC sports and championships. So really looking forward to that. Once happy to have you folks along with us and we will, because of all those guests we have, we will just get right into it here, starting with our regular feature, Things You Might Have Missed on CIAC Sports Dot com And the really only main thing that you might have missed, and hopefully you haven't, on CIACsports.com and what inspired this edition of the CIAC cast is the best of the CIAC network program that we've been running on CIACsports.com. Basically choosing some the, the best moment from each sport that is featured in the CIAC network and choosing the best championship moment from those sports. It's broken down into six parts. We encourage you to check it out and look at all of the selections. And then we now have opened our voting. So the fans, you the fans, can decide on what is just the best championship moment from the CIAC network on the 2012-13 year. We're very excited to have that CIAC network. This was our first full year with that program. You can check out a lot of on-demand action from the past year. I believe I counted something in the realm of 50 championship events that are available on demand from the CIAC network. So hope fans will check that out. Check out our Best of the CIAC Network series and then vote. Let us know your thoughts. We do have a, a leader at this point in the clubhouse, but I won't tell you who that is. We're going to try to keep that voting open through Friday afternoon and then early next week we will reveal the fan choices for the best moment of the CIAC network for 2012-13. Hopefully this will be a fun tradition that we start here on CIACsports.com and we'll be back again next summer doing it once again counting down all the great championship moments. So that's the big thing that we've got on the CIACsports.com. Hopefully you haven't missed that but if you have you can check it out and that was what inspired our CIAC cast this week wanted to reach out to all of the good folks who have covered the the high school sports scene over the course of the past year and talk to them a little bit about what they thought some of the best moments were. So we start things off with one of our regular guests and these are all folks that you've heard from a time or two this year on the CIAC cast but we're going to start it off talking to someone who covers a lot of Fairfield County sports down in that area Dave Rudin of the Rudin Report. We are joined now and happy to have with us one of our recurring guests here, uh, covers the uh, the Fairfield County sports for now for the Rudin Report. We have Dave Rudin with us. Dave, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Joel. I always appreciate being on. Uh, we'd love to have you on covering things. So as uh, as we've talked about here, I'm doing sort of a my version of a, a year in review and wanted to reach out to a bunch of folks and kind of talk to them about some of the things that stood out to them from this past year. So 
first question uh, for you is, are there any sort of games or moments, uh, maybe one or two games or moments that, that really jump out at you as ones that you think you're going to remember uh, that stand out from the, uh, the 2012-13 academic year? I guess the first one that jumped immediately jumped into my mind when you asked me this was uh, the regular season game in January between Trinity Catholic and St. Joseph and boys basketball. Sure. And that's really developed into one of the best rivalries. Actually, it was sort of a controversial uh, opinion piece I wrote. I, I wrote that it's become the best rivalry in the FCAC. And I've always believed that the darien Ukrainian football game is, is arguably the best rivalry in the state. But uh, the St. Joe's Trinity Catholic have just had a history over the last 10, 15 years. A, they've both been really good, perennially ranked in the top 10 in the state. Yep. And they just play some of the the best, the wildest games. I, I've seen half-court shots the side game. I've seen uh, Trinity Catholic as an eight in the FCAC playoffs come from 20 points down in the second half. And, former coach of St. Joe's, Vito Montelli, looking crushed. And this this year they played another classic. It was a double overtime game that St. Joseph won, and both in regulation and first overtime, they had to come back from like five or six points in the final minute, first to force overtime and then to force the second overtime and, and then en- ended up winning. But it was just a classic game that everybody kept talking about. And they're they're the two private schools in the FCX, so uh, you just have all the ingredients there for a great rivalry, and that that was by far the most dramatic regular season game that I saw. Yeah, that certainly sounds like a, a thriller, and as you say, sort of the the added. Uh added emphasis of some rivalry uh, thrown into the mix there as well. wanted to ask you this, just sort of uh, for, for the sake of uh, some perspective, um, and I'm going to ask all of uh, my guests this week this, but just an estimate, ballpark estimate, how many games uh, you know, or events would you say you cover personally over the, the course of a school year? So, so fans get a feeling for, you know, for what kind of perspective you're bringing to this. Wow. Wow. Uh... Plus the school year is probably what about thirty weeks or so. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to guess. If you say thirty weeks, uh, I would guess maybe somewhere around a hundred games. Okay, so that's, that would uh... be that would be yeah. I'm, I'm I I usually I, I would say was was usually at the most weeks a minimum of three games. Uh, in in the spring actually it's it could have even been more because in the spring. Uh, it's not unusual for me to cover four to five games a week. Right. So that's uh, so when you highlight a game, it's 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 one that comes with a a, a fair bit of uh, a fair bit of choice there. That you're uh, lots of games to choose from. So any other games or, or moments that really stood out to you from this past season? Well, the other one, and it's not it's not really something that uh, I actually saw, but is a trend, and I think it's something big is. Uh, what happened with track in the FCX this year? Yeah, uh, and, and I think it was uh, to, to an extent statewide as well. But I I just cover the FCX predominantly, and you've seen I I don't remember in all my years seeing so many athletes that have brought that have gotten nat- national attention. I mean, you've had uh, two female distance runners. You've had a, a male distance runner. You know, Henry Wynn Staples is going to go down as one of the best track athletes in, in Connecticut history. Sure. Uh, you have Ellie Gravett from Ridgefield, who uh, was was 
in the javelin when it's nationally ranked. Uh, Claire Hallett of West Hill and uh, Henry DeBalsi of Staples is only a freshman nationally ranked in, in two miles. Uh, it, it's just been like a glory glory time for track that I don't remember. And uh, I don't, you know what, I'm not quite sure why. I'm guessing it's just sort of a cyclical thing. Yeah. Uh, but that really, to me, is sort of not a, a game story per se, but a trend that was really, really big and something. As someone who doesn't really cover a lot of track myself, the fact that it really commanded my attention to me means it's something that really stood out. And I've talked to a lot of track coaches, too. And uh, many of them, the veteran ones, don't remember there being this many top caliber athletes at the same time. Yeah, no, it, it almost seems almost it's almost seemed unfair because I think, you know, if, if only one of them had been doing it, uh, this sort of national stage, you know, they would have been getting a lot more attention. But it, it became almost overwhelming at times trying to, to keep track of all the great performances. I think you didn't even mention Emily Savage of Weston, who was one of the top pole vaulters right. in, in the nation right. as well. So, but yeah, it, it almost seemed, you know, it almost took for granted all of these great national performances, which is not, uh, not something you want to do at the, at that level. So along with the game stories, obviously you, you write a lot of, you know, feature type things over the course of the year and you talk to a lot of people. Um, any, uh, sort of any of the stories, maybe one or two that you wrote this year that weren't necessarily game stories that really stood out, uh, as memorable ones from this past year for you? Actually, uh, actually they're both, uh, so much track related. So maybe that's why I stood out. I mean, one that really, <laughs> stood, well, there, there are two or three that stood out to me. Uh, one is, uh, the twins at Ridgefield high school, Elliot and Sam Gravitt, who are both three sport athletes, both going to play collegiately. Both are, uh, very accomplished in the theater at their schools. And they were just like, if you, you couldn't find, uh, I don't think any other person who you, you look at them, I had to try to find faults with them and nobody, you know, the biggest fault I could find is, is Ellie admitted that uh, sometimes she procrastinated on homework, <laughs> but they're both going, both going to Ivy league schools and, and they just both excelled at everything and, and everything just seems to come natural to them. So to have twins that did this, that was one of the more interesting stories and one of the longer interviews uh, I had. One of the stories that you and I recently spoke about on, on one of the recent podcasts is a story also of Trumbull's Casey Mack, who's right. the third baseman on the baseball team, who uh, he was hoping secretly to uh, buy two baseball bats for each of the three FCF Bridgeport schools, knowing that they don't have all the equipment that they needed. And I think this has happened since we spoke last, but somehow the stories found their way both to Liberty Mutual which is recognizing him in, in uh, one of their promotions for athletes to do benevolent acts. And also in an organization in St. Louis uh, that's going to be flying Casey out in November, and he's going to be getting what's called the STEM Usual Award, oh, wow. which is named after, obviously, the, the Hall, former Hall of Fame uh, St. Louis Cardinal baseball player. And he's going to be going out there and I guess going to be giving a speech. And so... It's sort of ironic, somebody who did an act that he hoped was going to go anonymous, and now he's getting national acclaim for it. 
Yeah, that certainly was a was a wonderful story and one we were very happy to uh, I know to talk about here on the podcast. So, Dave Rudin, we appreciate the uh, the perspective. We're going to be hitting uh, chatting with a lot of different folks this week, but certainly wanted to check in with you uh, on some good stories from the FCAC. Uh, wanted to also just give you a chance to mention here. We uh, I said at the start the start Dave Rudin now of the Rudin Report, uh, a new venture that you're beginning. Can you tell the folks a little bit about uh, about the new uh, venue where they'll be able to find your writing? Sure, I appreciate that. Uh, as of Ju- July 25th uh, was my last day at the Advocate. I spent almost 20 years there, over two stints, and uh, very, very happy years. And 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 a paper I'm I'm going to miss being a part of. But I just wanted to try a new challenge and try something on the digital platform. So I'm starting. Uh, it'll launch in early September. My own sports website that's going to be called the Rudin Report. And it's going to be a lot of the things that I did for the advocate and the blog and my overtime blog in terms of coverage area. I'm going to do a lot of coverage of the FCAC. I'm going to do a lot of coverage of Fairfield County sports. And I want to try to do things different from what you get in the newspaper. I want to be a unique entity. I'm not competing with newspapers. Uh, I'm not going to be telling somebody don't read the newspapers, read me instead because uh, I'm going to be going to the newspapers first, but I want people to read me in addition to the newspapers. Sure. So we're going to try to do some unique content, uh, you know, maybe some, some more commentary, some more player profiles, some more sport notebooks. Some of the things that we did at the paper when I started there, when we had a nine-person staff, uh, and we are at uh, a three-person staff now, and then the other big thing, which we'll probably announce more about as we have definite details, but the site is going to host the first weekly FCAC high school football show. Oh, great. And I think that's something that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I've been working with administrators in the FCAC, um, working with some of the football coaches. And once we have anything finalized, I'll, everything finalized, I'll talk about it a little bit more. But obviously the – attention placed on football and the interest in it is uh, fans are rabid about it. And I just wanted to, I came up with this idea to do something new that I think will reader, uh, well, viewers actually are, are going to enjoy and uh, it'll just complement all the great coverage that they get throughout the state from the newspapers on football. Wonderful. Well, we certainly look forward to um, to checking out your work there and uh, and reading more great stories like the ones that you talked about uh, on the podcast. So good luck with the, uh, the new venture, and I'm sure we will be uh, hearing from you again here on the CIAC cast in no time. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it, Joe. Thanks very much. Always good to hear from Dave Rudin and get his perspective on what's happening down in Fairfield County and uh, Certainly going to hear some uh, recurring themes, particularly with uh, track and field. That's something we're going to hear quite a bit from our representatives, I think, this week with the uh, recapping 2012-13 year. Certainly was a standout year for track and field. Moving along now, we were fortunate enough to have three of our esteemed sports writers in the CIC offices a few weeks ago, and I was able to sit down with them at that point to talk about some of their most memorable moments from the 2012-13 season. I'm very happy to be joined now by an esteemed panel of, uh, of CIAC guests here. We have several folks who you've heard from throughout the year. Mark Allard of the Norwich Bulletin, Joe Morelli of the New Haven Register, and Ken Lipschitz of the Meriden Journal Record. So, Record, wanted, journal. Uh, Record journal, excuse me. Uh, make sure we get the, the call sign right. So I wanted to, uh, been trying to move look ahead to the next school year, but first, one more time, we want to try to recap 
some of the things that have been going on and hope you folks have been following the the program on CICsports.com, recapping the best championship moments of the year. And I figured we've got a, a group of journalists here who uh, certainly have been out covering events quite a bit, so wanted to get their perspective on some of the memorable events, either championships or otherwise that they uh, covered over the course of the year. So maybe the, 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 the thing that's going to stick out with them uh, as they look back on the 2012-2013 CIAC season. So we'll start with Mark Allard. Mark, uh, what, easy. what first comes to mind for you uh, <laughs> looking back at the previous season? Mine is absolutely easy. Um, Woodstock Academy's win in the Class L State Championship Boys Basketball against Trinity Catholic, a win that no one expected. Um, you know, in fact, it was kind of funny. Uh, there was one player on the team who became a very um, big, important facet of the whole team. That was Ian Converse. And when I first saw them play earlier in the season, it was against Waterford. I remember going to Coach Greg Smith and saying, where did this kid come from? Oh, he was on JV last year. <laughs> You're like, there had to be something going on. He was, he was a senior. He just totally exploded. It became a 6-4 power. Yeah. And then you add to it another kid who didn't do very much in his JV years, Sullivan Gardner. And you team that up with a point guard who is very good, Chris Lowry, uh, and probably one of the better point guards in the state. Um, and they surprised everybody yeah. uh, with that win over Trinity Catholic. I, like I said, I don't think anybody really thought that was going to happen. Probably my best thought was, my, my, when you really look back on it, was Greg Smith, who has done everything at Woodstock Academy. I think he's coached the, the ping pong team, to be honest. And uh, it was so nice to see him finally get something he could really grasp and say, I brought something to Woodstock Academy. He really did a great job. Yeah, it was certainly uh, part of a, a memorable day of, of basketball. That was huge. Uh, Mohegan Sun yeah. on that, that Saturday. Joe Morelli, how about you? Uh, things that jump out at you, memorable moments or memorable games from the, uh, the past well, season? Well, I'm going to piggyback on what you both said on, on that day. Because I, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to cover boys basketball for almost a dozen years, and, and we were on a statewide poll. And Woodstock Academy, to my knowledge, has never done anything in basketball. The first game, they beat New London, who was preseason number five, I believe, in our poll. I'm like, okay. And then they lost a couple games. Didn't think they would. And, of course, I picked against them. And they ended up winning the state championship. And for them to beat Trinity Catholic, a state power, who's won at least five or six state championships, had a number of kids go on to Division I schools, Duke, UConn, so forth. It's an incredible story. In fact, uh, Greg, Greg Smith, right? Yes. Because our state coach of the year, I mean, I, and deservedly so. Uh, and as you said, Joel, a tremendous day of basketball. Granby, I believe, winning their first state championship. Woodstock winning their first state championship. The last game of the night, between the top two teams in the state, Hillhouse versus Fairfield Prep, and Hillhouse coming out number one. But what made the day as special, and I was sitting in the press room working on another story, was Mercy winning at the buzzer <laughs> against Wilson Hall. I mean, that makes that makes the day very special in a place I mean we're in in the bowels of Mohegan Sun Casino myself and Tom Yance of the Harper Current and the place erupted and we're watching on, on the screen TV and I can't Maria Wesley I can't pronounce her last name unfortunately but it was an incredible shot it was a play from the old from the 1998 uh, NCAA tournament Old Miss um, Valparaiso yep. yes sorry and it was one of the most tremendous days I've been a part of covering sports for 20 years. Yeah. I, I had the pleasure of seeing that shot. I was, I was courtside. And I'll tell you, no one 
thought that would happen. Yeah. And my God, when it went in, it was like holy moly. Yeah. I was I was down near the opposite basket, the basket not where the where where Laurelton Hall you thought had just right. just won it on an amazing shot of their own, and and I remember thinking that you know the part of that play that is maybe the hardest to see is the pass. Sure. You yeah. know that's you know a high school girl throwing the ball three quarters of the court on the money. You know, to the teammate who then passes it off for the winning shot, and and as you mentioned, you know that day uh, started off with a double overtime yes. game. Grammy was down twenty to yeah. Weaver, uh, Weaver, who was basically a class L school playing in the lower division because of the, the previous performance, and they had and they were not a good team during the regular season, and they played great in the tournament. Yeah, Granby, Woodstock Academy winning state championships in basketball? It's unheard of. Unheard yeah, of. That, that was a, a remarkable week. If you then look at how all the the three hockey finals ended up uh, being about as oh, close sure. as, you yeah. can, uh, as you can get as well. So a pretty remarkable week of uh, championships. Ken, you covered uh, a number of things throughout the course of the year, both for us. You wrote some great stories for, for CICsports.com as well as other places. Anything that uh, jumps out at you from, from the past year as sort of memorable stories? I don't have anything nearly as uh, poignant <laughs> as what my two colleagues have just talked about. And uh, I mean, you can... Uh, Look at Mark. You guys can't see him right now, but you can look at him and you can see the passion that's coming out of him. And Joe, of course, has uh, done a great job covering basketball for so many years. But uh, as far as any of our teams got, I was working in West Hartford at the time, and um, and, I, and then I went over to Berlin and Plainville. And West Hartford just didn't have a very good year in anything, unfortunately. But uh, the Berlin softball team went to the semifinals mm-hmm. and lost to Massick, which uh, had a pitcher that was uh, really, I can't remember her name, but she was really popping the glove and and it was it was a nice event. It was a nice event. But Tatum the, Buckley, I believe, right? Massey, you said? Yes. Tatum Buckley. Yeah. Buckley. She's she's an underclassman. Uh, Junior. Yeah, she's back next year. So the pitchers that come out of there, out of that part of the state, of course, uh, Rachel Fico. That's right. You know, in the past, and uh, and now this young lady Buckley, uh, just outstanding. Where Berlin kind of got through on a pitcher who just kind of pitched. Yeah. And they did other things very well. They played great defense and got timely hits and stuff, but. Uh, they lost to Massac, which went on to win the, the state title. Um, but the most poignant thing that I, I did, and I did it for you, mm-hmm. uh, was what I did. Uh, I was working in West Hartford, and the Newtown team, uh, lacrosse, girls lacrosse team, came to play Hall. And I said, boy, this is an opportunity. You know, I believe so much, in, like my colleagues here in, in, in high school sports, that we don't we don't want to beat this Newtown thing to death any more than than we have. It's it's been in the news for so long, but high school sports. It's, I felt it was an opportunity to show what high school sports can do for people who are suffering like those poor kids were. So I uh, I, I had the idea. And I want to see what uh, the high school sports participation had done for these girls yeah. um, as they were trying to recover from the December uh, incident and. Uh, it was it was unbelievable. Uh, these girls were wonderful. The four captains of the of the Newtown Lacrosse team, and they really had me in tears, you know, because uh, you know, you'd hate to see kids go through anything like this. And uh, and they talked about how being members of this lacrosse team helped put the the um, the event uh, at least out of their minds during the time that they were playing. Yeah. And it just goes to show you how important high school sports are. And winning is fun and everything, but it's it's the participation that means more than anything because what these kids get out of team sports in particular is working together with their peers towards a common goal. And it's a great lesson in life, and it was a great way for these Newtown kids to, 
to separate themselves at least for a little while yep. from the tragedy. Yeah, no, I think unfortunately that's a, that that's going to be a, a, a legacy of you know something people uh, you know the the tragedy at Sandy Hook is going to be something everyone will remember from the 2012-13. But yeah, the yeah hopefully the athletics and uh, you know they they provided some great memories. Uh, Newtown won their first round uh, league boys hockey tournament game to upsetting a higher seed, and I believe in boys basketball they did as well. I think so, girls basketball too, didn't they? Um, they, they, they they pulled big upsets in yeah, the first I round. I think all three of their teams may yes. have won Don't, all three One night or one couple day stretch in, in, yes. in upset fashion. So, you know, certainly remarkable uh, spirit from those kids. It was like divine intervention, and that's yeah. great. You know, it's, 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 but it's interesting, uh, it's, and it's wonderful how high school sports play such an important role in, in things that are outside its realm. And it's something that, you know, some people treat as being a privilege. Oh, uh, if you don't get your grades up in math, we're going to pull you off the team kind of thing. High school sports are important in their own right because they teach kids about life. And that's more important than anything that we can learn is about how to get along with each other and how to learn about life. Well, I have nothing uh, better to add than that, I don't think. So uh, we thank you, gentlemen, for uh, providing a little perspective on the past year. And uh, We'll look forward to talking to you in the future as we, we start diving into the, uh, the upcoming season. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Joe. Apologize for some of the background feedback you may have heard there. That was a little tough to muffle out the air conditioning in my office when chatting with those three gentlemen, but certainly appreciate their great perspectives. A lot of history and a lot of experience covering, covering high school sports with that esteemed group. So certainly thank you them for their contributions. We'll move along now to another for, uh, person who covers high school sports uh, in the New Haven and uh, and a little bit down the shoreline area. Mary Albel of the New Haven Register checks in to talk with about her favorite moments from the past year. We'd be happy to be chatting now with Mary Albel from the New Haven Register and the Minuteman Press and uh, the excellent uh, crossover blog as well, which I've been catching up on here uh, in the office before talking to her. And she's taken a break from some Westport Little League coverage to help us recap the year. Mary, thanks for joining us. Not a problem. So, uh, we, like I said, we've been talking to uh, a lot of folks around the state, trying to get a sense for some of the, the biggest things that they remember from the past year. And uh, I've been asking all of our folks this for a little bit of perspective. But to start off, could you uh, maybe ballpark for us how many uh, high school games or events you think you covered <laughs> in the past year for your various, uh, various entities? Um, I know I've covered pretty much every sport out there, so I'm definitely think the number's over 100. That so, seems to be the uh, that seems to be the consensus at this point. We're moving well past 100, uh-huh. so you cover just yeah. about every sport, and you've got a big uh, a big area uh, of of coverage as well. So we'll uh, we'll jump right in here and say, obviously, it was a an exciting year. What uh, maybe game or two uh, or event or two really sticks out at you that you think you'll remember uh, the best from the the 2012-13 year? Um, I'm probably Probably sure this is the same with a lot of people, but um, the girls' basketball class double L um, championship game, Mercy and Laurelton Hall. Yeah, um, that's definitely the a popular shot. choice. Yeah, I mean, I think that's um, hard to beat when you get um, a scenario like that. That was a great environment, and you know, that's that's why people love high school sports. Is it can change just like that, and it was uh, really neat to see Mercy um, finally win in such dramatic fashion. Absolutely. Any uh, any others that really sort of jumped out at you uh, over the course of the year? 
Um, I was actually able to cover the Division II um, hockey final between um, the Fairfield co-op team as they took on East Catholic, and that was another um, exciting finish where they won on a penalty shot in uh, the final seconds in overtime. So that was that was a good memory. Yeah, that certainly. Uh, we were actually just talking about that here in the office. Anytime you get a, a hockey game ending on a, a penalty shot in overtime, I'm not sure you can uh, set up a much more dramatic uh-huh. scenario than that. Um, just in terms of some of the, you know, the interesting stories or, or people that you've covered uh, this season, whether in the spring or, or in actually was just reading on your blog, you were doing a little look back at just the spring season. But uh, any particular mm-hmm. uh, event or, um, you know, athletes or stories that you wrote this year that, that really stood out to you? And what was it about those that maybe caught your interest the most? Um, I covered a lot of track in the um, indoor season and then in spring and, you know, it's, this year was very unique. We had a lot of nationally ranked athletes, track athletes in um, the little Connecticut. And, you know, I think uh, one of the stories I did was on Staples' Henry Wynn and Hill House's um, Precious Holmes. You know, they were both ranked top in their events in the mile and 400. And, you know, it was very, very special for Connecticut in um, the track season this year. They were two outstanding runners. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, pretty remarkable to have uh, that kind of uh... – that kind of uh, quality of, of athlete uh, on national level, um, right. you know, throughout the, uh, throughout the season. So, uh, well, that's great stuff. Anything else that, uh, that jumps to mind or, or that you're sort of looking forward to for next year as uh, either looking back at last year or looking forward to for next year as we, uh, we kind of wind through the, the slightly slow summer months here. <laughs> um, I mean, it was one of your guys' highlights as well, but again, track, um, there's a lot of underclassmen that will be coming back in, um, especially the girls' mile at the state open. Yeah. You had juniors, um, Kate Allen, Claire Howlett, um, Dana, Dana Rivers, and then um, Hannah DeBalti from Staples, and they're all coming back, which is great for Connecticut and the sport, and it should be a really great cross-country season um, this fall as well. So. Yeah, we'll hope that uh, hope that those folks can can stay on schedule and avoid any sort of snowstorms or, or anything like that right. to, uh, <laughs> to to put a damper on the state championships again this year. So, uh, mm-hmm. Mary, we uh, we appreciate you being with us. We appreciate you uh, all the coverage that you provide there in in your area, and l- encourage folks to check out uh, your work and and see what you're writing about this summer and and looking back on last year. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. <laughs> Mary was kind enough to join us on a very busy uh, day and time of year for her covering that uh, Little League team down in there in Westport, so we appreciate her finding the time and passing along her insights as well from the 2012-13 year. We move along now to our final guest for the podcast this week, a little bit different part of the state, and we've talked to him a little bit earlier in the spring. He's going to reach out to Kyle Brennan of the Waterbury Republican American to see what stands out for him during this school year. We are joined now once again by Kyle Brennan of the Waterbury Republican American. Uh, You may remember we had Kyle on recently talking about a big research project he did, and uh, we're happy to have him back. Kyle, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks as always for having me. Absolutely. So we're... As I, we're trying to uh, do some year in review kind of stuff here, and what better way than to uh, to talk to the folks who are out covering all the games over the course of the year? So, diving back into your your memory a little bit here, what uh, maybe are one or two games that uh, or moments that really stood out to you from the uh, the 2012-13 season? 
Well, as you mentioned last time I was on with you, we were talking about the uh, the project that I did when Oxford High won those three state titles, the baseball, softball, and boys volleyball back in the spring. So sure. that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, a new high school just in its fifth year of varsity program. Um, and to see, you know, a small town be able to, to take all those three titles, something that really is exclusively almost done by, by bigger schools. Yeah. Um, that was pretty fun just to see and, two, to see how, each team really supported each other. You know, baseball went to the softball, or uh, softball went to the baseball game. They were both at the volleyball game. So that was pretty neat to see, you know, a small, small town come together and, uh, you know, a lot of youth on those teams too. So um, that was, uh, that's what stood out for me in the spring. Um, backtrack a little even to the winter. We had here uh, in, in the Naugatuck Valley area, um, Crosby and Wilby had just an incredible uh, trifecta of boys' basketball games. Sure. Um, they played three games, two in the regular season, and then the NBL championship game. The games combined to go three overtime, so they played almost 100 <laughs> minutes, and the final score in those three games ended up being 228 to 226. So sure. if you get much of a closer three games than that, I would love to see it. Um, and then the last thing that comes to mind is uh, especially I get to call uh, a lot of football games on the radio last fall for WATR, and uh, Woodland football just was setting all sorts of records. I get to call two different record-setting games with uh, Tanner Kingsley, the quarterback uh, for Woodland. He threw his best game of the year with 615 yards, which is a state record in one game, yeah. and eight touchdowns, which is the uh, second best against Seymour. And that was just a couple of weeks after he went for 502 and 8 against Naugatuck. So uh, they kept me pretty busy up in the radio box last fall. I would imagine you get a little laryngitis calling all of the, uh, the <laughs> touchdowns there. A measly 502 yeah. yards in, the, in that, yeah. that other game. Yeah, it was uh, almost a little chump performance by him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's great stuff. And, yeah, certainly love uh, you know hearing some of the stuff from, from different parts of the states and maybe stories that, that didn't get quite as much as a, uh, attention. Um, you know, obviously, along with the game stories, you folks do a lot of, uh, you know, good features and, and talk to a lot of people and that sort of thing. Were there any stories that you wrote uh, over the course of the school year that really sort of uh, are ones you're going to remember and kind of looking back on the on this past year? Yeah, two of them really stood out to me, um, and they really came just about a month, uh, maybe two months apart. Um, one of them was uh, at the state football championships. Ansonia won another state football title. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting to see the dynamic that, you know, everybody knows how good a coach Tom Brockett is, and he has the highest winning percentage in state history and just racking up all his titles. But this season, it was a, it was a tough one for him. It was a different one because uh, he and his wife, his wife gave birth uh, to a son who is uh, very premature, um, and luckily he ended up uh, becoming a, a healthy boy. But um, that was a tough season. He actually wasn't sure if he was going to be able to coach this season, but he ended yeah. up coaching it. Um, and the very first game uh, that his wife and his new son uh, got to see was that state championship game. So it was a pretty neat uh, photo that uh, we have of uh, – Coach Brockett holding his son with the state championship trophy, and you know that was a pretty neat story because you, you, you know you see football, you always think of you know how much work goes into it, and these sure. guys, you know, they're working mornings and afternoons and, and nights, and you forget, I think, a lot of times that these coaches they have families uh, to deal with, and especially when there's when there's something as as um, life threatening as that. Yeah, kind of put it in perspective, and that was that was pretty nice to see. Um, but then uh, on the other end of it, um, you know, you have a newborn baby, and unfortunately, 
in our area, uh, we had one of uh, one of our assistant coaches up at my alma mater at Woodland. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, he passed away in January uh, of a sudden heart attack, and um, it was uh, one of his sons was on the basketball team. Jack Pino, um, George Pino died, and uh, it happened on a Saturday. And um, the very next game that the Woodland boys basketball team played was it was that following Friday night, and it was actually uh, the night after the funeral. Um, so. It was just incredible community support, and Woodland played Wilby, and Wilby was undefeated at that time. They were ranked second in the state, and it was at Wilby. And uh, uh, somehow Woodland ended up pulling an upset that night, and they, they uh, won by three points in that game. Um, you know, you talk to anybody involved in that, whether it's uh, Coach Tom Hunt or any of the players, uh, or Jack or uh, George's uh, George's widow, Jane. And, you know, it just, just makes you think, you know, something else was at play that night. So yeah. that was uh, that was pretty special to be a part of. You know, I knew George, so that just added uh, added a lot more to the element of that story. So it was, uh, you know, really pleased. And just those two stories there um, really pull at both ends of the emotional spectrum right there and uh, makes uh, makes you proud to be able to do your job. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the great, uh, you know, not great and obviously in terms of the, the, the passing away, but just remarkable stories, uh, right. you know, that sort of surround high school sports that we're, we're very happy to be a part of. Uh, just quickly, anything, uh, you know, this is mostly a, a year in review, but uh, not too, too early to take just a glimpse ahead. Anything in particular that you're sort of got your eye on for the, uh, the fall season coming up? Any sort of interesting stories that you're going to be uh, tracking as we, we start to head into uh, now? the first day of uh of august yeah well of course you know football, high school football is my uh, my main beat come the fall so we'll be uh plenty paying attention to that you know statewide you look at you know maybe almost a changing of the guard here when you have hand and xavier who have just had remarkable runs the last few years mm-hmm. so both of those teams are going to be losing some talent but meanwhile you look back in the valley and sony will probably be the preseason number one with arkell newsom going into his senior year yep. um you know people are wondering what kind of stats is he going to put up his last year here um so there's that to look at and uh you know just all around we're very excited to see uh just up the way from me up in Naugatuck we've got the new turf field that's being installed just about ready to go so our uh, our first month is we're going to get some new games on that turf and that really uh when all is said and done in Naugatuck that could be uh the crown jewel of uh sports in this area so that's uh almost a dawn of a new era we think around this area so it's uh, gonna be fun really looking forward to it well that'll be great and we will look forward to that as well and look forward to all the coverage that we'll get from you uh and your various platforms so uh kyle thanks for joining us and uh keep up the great work and i'm sure we'll talk to you a little bit later on all right thanks so much great stuff from kyle brennan and some wonderful stories from this past year that hopefully folks uh read the first time around and if not they can go back and look through the archives there on the waterbury republican american to read about those uh those great stories that kyle mentioned we thank him very much for being with us and we we thank all of our guests for being with us dave rudin of the rudin report mark allard of the norwich bulletin joe morelli the new haven register ken lipschitz of the meriden record journal and kyle Mary Albel of the New Haven Register, and then Kyle Brennan of the Waterbury Republican American. You can find Dave Rudin on Twitter at Dave Rudin, R-U-D-E-N. Mark Allard is at is M-A-L-L-A-R-D-N-B on Twitter. N-H-R Joe Morelli is where you can find Joe Morelli on Twitter. Mary Albel is just M-A-R-Y-A-L-B-L on Twitter. And then Kyle Brennan is Kyle Brennan, and then the number one 
as for his Twitter handle. So I encourage you to check out all of their great work. Follow them on Twitter. Let them know that you appreciate them uh, coming on the CIAC cast and giving their time to offer a little bit of perspective. We certainly appreciate it. Appreciate them offering their insight to us. And we appreciate you checking in and listening. That's going to do it for this edition, episode 18 of the CIAC cast. Not sure when we'll be back with you, probably in another week or two, maybe a week break in between podcasts, as I mentioned earlier during the summer, probably in every other week's schedule, but we hope you folks will check back in with us then. And until then, keep checking out CIACsports.com. You can follow us on Twitter at CIAC Sports. Log on to Facebook, facebook.com slash CIAC Sports, and vote in the contest to choose the best moment of the CIAC Network Championship season. Hope you will do that as well. And we hope you will be back with us once again in a few weeks here on the CIAC Cast. Thanks for listening.